Hey there, let's be real listeners. How are you today? Today I'm going to talk about a word that I don't think I've ever really heard in culture, in news, as much as I have in the last month or so. And this might even be a little bit more of an uncomfortable, unpopular topic in podcast, which is funny because to be, if I'm really, really honest with you, I have challenged, okay, so I'm a little bit of a challenger, even though I am a rule follower. Are there any of you out there, like, I totally am a rule follower because I'm comfortable with rules, they make sense to me, I know the expectations that are laid out for me, like, I just, I, I am fine with rules. I almost said I like rules. I kind of do, but I kind of don't. Like, I'm fine with rules, and I'm going to obey rules. But that doesn't necessarily mean that I don't challenge rules or challenge the thought process and the logic behind the rule. And even if I don't necessarily understand it, I will most likely, maybe nine and a half out of ten times, still obey that rule, even if I don't really agree with it. Is there anybody else like that where you're just, like, uncomfortable not following the rules? So the reason this topic is coming up and it's kind of in my head and it's in my heart, it's because it's something that I've had to deal with this week. My middle daughter was supposed to start high school this week. Yay. Like freshman only day so she can go find her classes and go walk around and see things because we weren't able to do that before school this year because we weren't allowed in. And then a couple days before school, we got a call from the county health department letting us know that she is considered a close contact of someone that was positive with a COVID test. So she has to now self-quarantine for 14 days. So this turned into a, wait, what? (laughs) Okay. I know the definition of a close contact. And as I talked to my daughter, she doesn't fit the definition. So it began the, the challenger part of me where I had many a phone calls between the health department and the reporters and the people just asking a lot of questions and pointing out, this doesn't make sense. This doesn't make sense. This doesn't make sense. And in the end, it came down to, "Mm, maybe I shouldn't point fingers. (laughs) It came down to miscommunication and not following through on responsibilities, I could say. But you know what? I do not want to be a contact tracer. And I have a lot of I have a lot of sympathy for them and what they're going through and they are super busy and it is hard and this does not at all like something you grow up wanting to be when you're older. (laughs) Like, no, thank you. I don't know that I really want this job. That being said, at the end, I said, I'm going to obey. I'm going to follow the rule because that is what I need to do. But I believe that it is an error and this is why. And they listened and they were kind of respectful because I think they knew I was right, but kind of felt like our hands were tied because these are the rules. So... My poor girl is at home with me, chilling out a little bit more, sleeping in a little bit longer before she actually gets released. Today's the last day of quarantine. Woot. And I'm like, don't go near anyone. <laughs> don't talk to anybody. Don't look at anybody. Don't breathe at anybody. You cannot be quarantined again. You have to start school in person. Uh, but she's been doing a great job um, online, and her teachers are all over it. I'm super impressed with just all of the work that everyone all over the world right now is doing to try and get these kids educated in a really crazy time. Okay, that was kind of a long rabbit trail because I was talking about being a rule follower. See, look, I challenged it, but I did indeed follow the rule. And all of this was to say that I am indeed a challenger, even though I do believe in following the rules and it does give me a clear conscience and I feel good about it. And some people 
maybe don't share that mental thought process or whatever it is. I don't know. But I do know that there are people that just don't feel quite as concerned about rule following. So that is what we're going to talk about today. I have challenged church leaders before and said, so why don't you talk about this? Or why don't you say what you just said to me up there on the pulpit? And they're like, well, we don't want to cause conflict. We don't want to make anyone uncomfortable. We don't want da-da-da-da-da. And I'm always kind of like, okay, that's, this is in my head, that's a little bit of a cop-out. Like, Jesus was offensive when he was here on earth and what he was telling people He was turning culture upside down. He was offensive. But here I'm about to go on a topic and talk about something that I know is going to offend. And I kind of, I'm understanding the apprehension behind leaders to be super excited about those topics because you're like, ooh, yeah, they're not going to like this. They're not going to like me. But alas, here I am, not for you to necessarily like me, but to be able to challenge us, myself included, to move forward into a deep, real, authentic faith, which is one that does indeed include obedience to God's word. So what we're going to talk about today is the word anarchy. I have heard so much about anarchy in the last couple weeks that I'm like, I don't think I've ever heard this word used so much in my life. And there's so much going on. Now, the anarchy that we're seeing for the most part is accompanied with um, unruly behavior, total chaos, destruction, like just a lot of things going on. And then in my life and in kind of the circles that I run and the jobs that I do and the places that I serve, I began to experience what I'm going to call heart anarchy or anarchy of the heart where on smaller issues, There is a challenge. There's something in people that want to challenge. And I'm going to say something in them because I completely understand 100% what that is because that is in me. This whole desire to do what I want to do and to understand everything and to not be told what to do. Come on. We all have that. This kind of anarchy of the heart, this challenging, but then getting to the point where at the end of the challenge, you have a decision to make. Are you going to choose to obey and follow the rule in spite of maybe your feelings and your understandings, or are you going to do it despite all that, and you're going to follow the rules? Now, to be clear, I firmly and 100% believe that we follow our laws, our governments, our rules, unless they contradict what God is telling us to do unless it contradicts scripture and the things that he wants for us. And I'm not going to go through like this scenario, A, does it go against God or does it not? Scenario B, like we're not going to go through every single scenario because I believe that as we really come to know the Lord more, as we pray for wisdom and knowledge, as we are in his word and we are learning about him and his character and seeing and hearing what it is that he is calling on us to be, and what that looks like as his hands and feet here on the earth that we'll be able to decipher with the help of the Holy Spirit all of those scenarios. Right now what I want to talk about a little bit is kind of this idea of anarchy of the heart. Anarchy being defined as, which I think can work very easily for this anarchy of the heart, which is what I'm coining it. Maybe there's a book called that. I don't know. 
but I made, I came up with this on my own. So if somebody else has it, I totally didn't steal it. But the definition from the dictionary of anarchy, it's a state of disorder due to absence or non-recognition of authority. Ladies, my head and my heart have definitely been in places of disorder. <laughs> like that is totally doable. I get there where I'm like up and down and all around and trying to figure out what do I even think about this and what do I feel of this? That is not anarchy. That's called process and thinking and reason and logic and hopefully not completely clouded and overshadowed just by emotion, but all of it together helping us to make decisions. I'm talking about a state of disorder that is due to the absence or non-recognition of authority. What we're seeing in culture right now, what we're seeing with the destruction and all of the things that are happening, and I'm in the state of Wisconsin, and over the last week, we have had one of our cities just destroyed and burned. Not all that far from where I live. That is anarchy. That is disorder due to non-recognition of authority. Not an absence, although some could argue that there is a little bit of an absence of authority there, that there just wasn't enough authority there to keep it all in check. But the hearts and the minds of the people involved in said destruction are not recognizing authority as something over them that they have to obey. They're in a place where they can just kind of do what they want, what feels good, what they think needs to happen without any fear of consequence because they're not recognizing authority. This is very easy to see anarchy in this way. We're able to look and see what's happening like, oh my gosh, that is such anarchy. But this podcast is Let's Be Real. It is about us sitting and dealing with our stuff inside our hearts and acknowledging if we have anything to work on. So I come before you today because I've had to work on it because I've now asked myself this question multiple times this week because I've seen it in others. And come on, isn't it easier to recognize issues in other people before it is in yourself? That's what turned me to me. That's what turned my heart and my eyes and this conviction of the Holy Spirit to me like, okay, but do you do that? Because I saw it in others. And I was frustrated and I was irritated because, come on, gosh darn it, follow the rules. It's not that hard. Easily said by a rule follower. Totally understand. So today I want to talk about this possible non-recognition of authority in our lives. Ugh, nobody wants to talk about having authority problems, but I know a lot of us have them. Who didn't like it when wearing seatbelts became a rule? became a law. Like, what? I'm not going to do that? Okay, that might be a sign of an authority problem. It just might be a little easy one. I'm not calling you out entirely, but, you know, this is for you to weigh out, for you to pray about, to ask the Holy Spirit, do I have an authority problem? So this idea of we can have this anarchy, this non-recognition of authority in our hearts, I think is a big deal, and I think it's important for us to address and think about and to really pray over and pay attention to, because I do believe that it's these small heart moments of disobedience, of non-recognition of authority, of not being willing to submit to that authority that is placed above us, that grows. I think it starts small. And for most of us, a vast majority of us, it might just stay there. It might just stay pretty small in our hearts and just, I'm not wearing a mask into the store. Okay. I will admit, I went to the laundromat last week because my washing machine is broken, and I think I said this a couple weeks ago in the podcast. 
uh, nobody was wearing a mask. So I was like, oh, yes, party. I'm not wearing a mask. <laughs> it's like, strength in numbers, people. <laughs> we, I'm not doing it because you're not doing it. Is that right? Is it not? Well, we'll leave that again for another discussion. <laughs> I'm not going through scenarios, but it really does make it easier when other people aren't, right? So it makes us kind of want to hang out with the people that are going to do the same things as us and dare I say disobey in the same ways as we want to disobey. Okay, ouch. I know. I know. Nobody wants to hear that one, including myself. And we might even be able to justify and rationalize very easily the things that we don't want to do and the rules we're not going to obey because, well, um, I have my freedom and I have my choice and I have all this stuff and blah, 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 blah. Okay. There are a million arguments here and there are a million ways to rationalize the things that we want. And I could not possibly address them all. So what I want to do is I want to point out what scripture tells us regarding authority. And I actually, when I sat down to kind of start looking up the scripture, I only had one scripture in mind because I was only thinking about one particular place where I knew that was stated. And then as I kept looking up, I was like, huh, it's not one place. There's a handful of places. Talk about being in authority to the governing bodies. I'm going to read scripture for you. I'm going to lay out where they are. Maybe take some time this week, if you don't like what you're hearing, to sit down and read these verses and just pray about it and ask the Holy Spirit to guide you in his wisdom and in his knowledge. Like, okay, I have this information. What does it look like to me? What does that mean for me? So I'm going to start with Romans 13. If you were with us during the Gospel Primer series of podcasts, there were four of them, we were talking about this idea of preaching the gospel back to yourself every single day and how it is a method that we actually see Paul do in his writings in the scripture and how in the book of Romans, like chapters 1 all the way through 11, is a reminder of the gospel. This is the gospel. This is what it means. This is what God has done. This is who he is. And then after that, it goes into uh, how should we then live in light of the gospel, sort of instruction-like, like pointing out these scenarios. So chapter 13, he goes right into the submission to the authorities. Verse 1, everyone must submit himself to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Consequently, he who rebels against the authority is, re is rebelling against what God has instituted, and those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers hold no terror for those who do right, but for those who do wrong. Do you want to be free from fear of one, of the, of one in authority? Then do what is right, and he will commend you. For he is God's servant to do good. But if you do wrong, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword for nothing. He is God's servant, an agent of wrath to bring punishment on the wrongdoer. Therefore, it is necessary to submit to the authorities, not only because of possible punishment, but also because of conscience. This verse 6 says, This is also why you pay taxes, for the authorities are God's servants who give their full time in governing. Give everyone what you owe him. If you owe taxes, pay taxes. If revenue, then revenue. If respect, then respect. If honor, then honor. This scripture, this passage is coming at a time where people are really oppressed by their government. Really oppressed. And not only are they oppressed, they are being like severely persecuted. Christians are being rounded up. They're being 
killed. They're being put on stakes and burned in Nero's gardens just for being believers. They are facing something horrific, something that us here in the West, in American Christianity, cannot fathom in terms of persecution. And in light of that, they're being told to submit to the authority of their government. Let that sink in. And they're being told, you know what? You got to obey. You got to do it because God set this up. This is how it works. If you, pay, if you owe money, pay it. If you have debt, revenue, do it. If respect, then respect. And if honor, then honor. That one was a little eye-opening for me. It was like, hmm. Okay, so that's just the first example. Romans 13. We see then Paul writing a letter to Titus, giving him instructions of how to, after him, like he's rising up a leader behind him, and Titus, how to, after I, when I leave, I want to encourage you to teach, to be pouring into the believers. Titus chapter 3 He tells him to remind the people to be subject to the rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready to do whatever is good, to slander no one, to be peaceable and considerate, and to show true humility toward all men. Obviously, when he says, remind the people to be subject to rulers and authorities, I mean, this is a continuing struggle. This is something that nobody maybe wants to do, and we need to be continually reminded. They had to be continually reminded. Paul had to remind Titus, hey, Keep, remind them this, remind them this. I told the Romans, you're going to have to tell and remind all the people that you come in contact to submit to this authority. Another verse in Hebrews, again, in chapter 13, verse 17, obey your leaders and submit to their authority. They keep watch over you as men who must give an account. Obey them so that their work will be a joy, not a burden, for that would be of no advantage to you. They keep watch over you as men who must give an account. To answer for our behavior, to answer for our recognition of their authority. To potentially have to say, ah, yeah, had a little bit of anarchy at the heart and didn't want to follow the rules because I didn't think I should have to. Because they didn't agree with how I think and how I feel and the freedoms that I've been given. I really think we need to evaluate how often we also use the word freedom. I've been saying for a long time, just to friends and family, like how free do we really think we are? One, when it comes to just the world and the life that we live, we are only in control of so much. There is spiritual warfare going on all around us. People sin and do things that affect us that we had zero control over. Things happen in our lives, sickness, illness, that we never saw coming, that we had no control over. We're not in control of as much as we think. And if we were in control, that would be freedom. The political definition of anarchy has to do with one's ideal of absolute freedom. Like zero rules, I have 100% free reign, and it just doesn't make sense to me because yet it appears you can think you have absolute free reign and freedom, yet you are not in control of everything. So are you truly free? And here in America, where we let freedom ring, but you got to wear your seatbelt. You are required in the state of Wisconsin to carry car insurance, where you didn't always have to. 
you have to pull a permit to put in a light switch in your house. You may or may not be allowed to put the light pole in front of your house where you want it. We want to build a barn, but it has to be in a certain area. There are so many rules that honestly our freedom, (laughs) our freedom is kind of an illusion. You are not free to do whatever you want, yet we put so much weight in this idea of freedom that when we get bumped and we don't like the next rule coming down from the authority, but we're free. You can't make us do this. I'm like, well, newsflash, we've been accepting these rules year over year over year after year after year after year, and they're kind of here now. Like, that's the culture that we live in. There is a governing authority, and we vote people in to do that. We actually are in a place of willing submission, well, until we don't want to be anymore. And that's when we start to see anarchy. And I think this is so important, not only in our culture and in our government and society, but in our walk with the Lord, in our submission and recognition of his authority in our lives and what that looks like. I'm going to close up with 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 13 to 17. But as I close, my challenge is to myself, and it's to all of us, to really just take the opportunity and the time to sit and to be still and to evaluate the motives of our hearts and maybe even just the motives of our thoughts. Because I think if I were to ask you, do you submit to your government I think a lot of us might right away be like, well, no. Well, actually, well, yeah, I do. Like sometimes our reaction and our initial thought process doesn't actually line up with maybe our full thought process and our full conviction and all the things that we are thinking. Now, this may have come about and had me thinking about obedience in a heart because of a mask mandate. Let's be honest, that's how this all started was there is a mask mandate in the state of Wisconsin for another... 24 days. If you go out in public, you have to wear one. To be clear, I really, really, really dislike masks. (laughs) I am not a fan. I just ordered those frames to go underneath my mask to hopefully make it a little bit easier. I have simply chosen to refrain from going a lot of places if I can avoid it because I really just don't want to put the mask on. And if I want to pop in and out of stores, which I did the other day to look for a handful of things, I put the mask on. I did even take a break in between a couple stores because I'm like, oh, they give me a headache. Oh, I don't like them. But I saw an absolute refusal, like aggressive, angry refusal out of somebody that I actually don't know. I don't know them. But it just made me go, ooh, yikes, confrontation. And maybe I don't actually love confrontation. That could be part of it. But it had me kind of ask myself the very familiar question that I do with myself, I do with my girls. Okay, yes, I see that. I see what that looks like. Okay, but what about in me? But what about me? Do I do the same thing? Because if it bothers me watching it and somebody else, I need to ask myself, but do I do the same thing? When my daughters get irritated and upset with each other, she did this and she did that. I was like, oh, I know that is frustrating. But have you ever done that to her? Well, yeah. I was like, I know, right? That stinks. So to really bring back focus to of the things that I don't like that really frustrate and irritate me. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Do I do that too? Because I would say, yeah, eight times out of 10, maybe even more. The things that we see in other people that frustrate us are typically because we have that exact same struggle. So I pray that this week we will all sit and challenge ourselves and evaluate our hearts 
and to where we are in recognition of authority, both in our government and in our culture, as well as God being the Lord over our lives and submitting to his will for us. I will close. We're going to read 1 Peter 2, 13 to 17. Submit yourself for the Lord's sake to every authority instituted among men, whether to the king as the supreme authority or to the governors who are sent by him to punish those who do wrong and to commend those who do right. For it is God's will that by doing good you should silence the ignorant talk of foolish men. Live as free men, but do not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Live as servants of God. Show proper respect to everyone. Love the brotherhood of believers. Fear God. Honor the king. Thank you.